96.5 WKLH. Dave and Doreen along with Marcus. This is the Morning KLH. Three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year. Co-host Wildian Tausch on ESPN Radio here in Milwaukee. Our Green and Gold Insider, Jason Wildian. Remember whenever coaches used to script out the first 15 plays in advance and everything seemed to go to script and then after that script was over, we'd wonder how the game was going to go? Is it, yeah. really, is it kind of mean for me to say now we understand why Aaron Rodgers went off that script so often? Uh, nine to nothing after the first half. Yeah, ouch. The Broncos, the last-ranked defense in yards and points going into the game. Yeah, they're, they're not good, and neither are the Packers mm-hmm. right now. Um, look, uh, I, I, I'm not here to make excuses for Matt LaFleur, um, but I'm going to make a few anyway, or at least explanations. I, I really firmly believe that, yes, Aaron Rodgers probably – definitely made him look like a better coach than he actually was, especially when you consider, you know, he got the job in 2019. It was his first head coaching job. He was, he was growing into that role just as players grow into their roles. Uh, I think as time went on, he and Rogers developed kind of a, a chemistry where he had an understanding of what Rogers wanted. He had a bunch of veteran players around his hall of fame quarterback and so he could put together game plans that, yes, sometimes Rodgers would deviate from. But he had a pretty good feel for what Rodgers could do, what all the guys around him could do, and it worked pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. I just think that he has no idea what exactly Jordan Love and all these kids around him are capable of. So I think he starts games conservatively. He's trying to get Jordan Love in a rhythm. And so he's calling these, you know, short throws to kind of get him going and get him some confidence in the game. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, your hope is, is that then you can expand to doing more things downfield. It's not working, but I think he just is searching and has been before and after the bye for what exactly is going to work. Remember, you know, the Bears, who are the Bears, uh, that was the first start for Jordan Love as the starting quarterback in 2023. A lot of unscouted looks. Bears didn't know what to expect. Now these teams all have watched the film of Jordan Love. They have an idea of what he does well, what he does poorly, what Le- what LaFleur wants him to try and do, and they're defending it well, even the worst defense in the league. So you put all that together, and this is what happens when you choose to build a team like they have chosen to build it on the offensive side of the ball and you try to tell people you're not rebuilding when you clearly are. So the injuries keep piling up, right? So speaking of young guys, you lose five players. Now you have to bring up five players. Where do you get five more players from the practice squad? Young guys, who are these players? Yeah, they do have a a 16, actually 17, because they've got an international player on on the group. But they've got plenty of players on the practice squad. You certainly pick up guys. Uh, Tausch doesn't like it when I say they're on the streets, so when they're in their homes. Uh, but, yeah, yeah injuries are a problem. Yeah. And, and every team deals with it to varying degrees, and this team is obviously uh, struggling with it big time. Now, again, I don't know enough about Jair Alexander's back issues. Uh, I know people that have had back problems, and they're debilitating. Um, you know, that really hurts them because here comes – 
Eric Stokes finally healthy enough to be cleared to play, but not ready to go out there and play corner for 60 snaps in his first game in almost a year. And so they have to play Carrington Valentine, who was one of the good stories of training camp. Seventh-round rookie, draft pick, uh, really a, a good story of a kid that you know exceeded expectations. But if you're the Denver Broncos and you're Russell Wilson, who are you going to throw at? I'm going to throw at the guy that doesn't have any experience. And it worked pretty well for them in the first half. And frankly, the Packers are fortunate that the Broncos are so inept that they only got three field goals out of their possession in the first half. So, again, yes, injuries are problematic. There's no doubt about it. But um, their their offense was healthy enough to be more productive than what it was. And let's not forget now, this is the third game of the year where the offense had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to go win the game and failed. And that is what happens, again, when you have young a young quarterback and young players around him. They are still learning how to win at the NFL level. And so that frustration that comes with that period of time is not fun, but the hope would be that they get through this and then they come out on the other side, and then when they're in these situations in the future, they know what the heck they're doing and they can go win the ball game. So all year we've had to hear the mantra of we're going to have to deal with growing pains with this team. When does growing pains turn into unexcusable mistakes? Look, I, I would say this, Marcus. Uh, you know, there there's so much intricacy to what this offense, because if you look at San Francisco, you look at the Rams, you look at the Bengals, there's all these offenses that are versions of what the Packers are running. And it is hard for the the younger players to grasp the timing and the precision that is required to be effective. Now some, you know, the Rams have a rookie wide receiver who's lighting it up. He's been great. But generally speaking, it takes a while. So yeah, that's a very fair question and I don't know, I can't give you an exact timeline, but it's clear that like simple things and and again, I don't know whose fault is whose, but like there were a couple of plays during the course of the game that I know you guys watched it that like Love has a throw across the middle to uh, Dontavion Wicks who makes a spectacular kind of reaching back, his body is going one way, his arms are going the other well that's the throw is behind him. Now is the throw behind him because he didn't run the route correctly or because love was inaccurate. Uh, the touchdown, their final touchdown, right? There's the play. It's in a close near the goal line. Mm-hmm. It's a quick throw. The defender gets in the throwing lane. So love can't throw the ball to Romeo Dobbs immediately. So he drops down and throws like a sidearm throw to get it around the defender. It's behind Romeo Dobbs goes off of his hands, and just serendipitously, there's Jaden Reed behind him to catch the touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, there's, you know, sometimes you have to be lucky, and they were lucky there. They take the lead on that play. But the bottom line is is that, yeah, these it, it's really hard to get an offense on the same page no matter what, and you work very hard to get them humming like the Packers offense was for so many years. But it takes a while for guys – that are young to figure that out. And and the frustration, and here's the thing, I don't tweet during games anymore. I, I don't need the stress, and I don't need people 
being mad at me because they're really mad at Matt LaFleur. But I, I said, hey, if you if you need to if you need to vent, go right ahead. And I got like 300 replies. Like people <laughs> yeah. apparently really needed it. I, I, I'm your Twitter therapist if you're a Packers fan. But I just don't think, and, and maybe you three are in that group, I just don't think people know how to kind of manage expectations and frustration because this is so foreign to us. And it's foreign to me, too. 28 years covering this team, how much bad quarterbacking have I seen or how much bad mm-hmm. offensive I've seen? Not much right? because of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Now, speaking of social media, the pass that seemed or the non-pass that drew the ire of most on social media was the fact that he didn't check down to A.J. Dillon mm-hmm. when he tried to complete that pass to Christian Watson. Uh, did you see it the same way? Or no, it was well, Samari Touri, wasn't it? It was Touri, I think. It was, it was a, well, yeah, it was to Touri because uh, Watson had injured his knee. That's it, yeah. On the previous play because Love's throw was off the mark uh-huh. and he had a twist to try and get the ball and he twisted his knee. That's Look, right. Uh, I, 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 and I, I, like, I like the fact that Matt LaFleur uh, takes the blame for everything. Like, uh, if he was alive, he'd be taking the blame for the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> like, he, he just, he just, it's always his fault, right? And so the last play, well, that's my fault because I, you know, he dialed up the deep ball on third and 20. And I should have called a simpler play and gotten half of it, and then we have a, a, a better chance on fourth down of getting fourth and 10 or whatever. And that's great, but built into the play is the check down. And so it, you don't have to throw the deep ball, and you have to make a decision as a player what you're going to do there. And, and he acknowledged that that's a what if, uh, Love did, that, yeah, well, what if I check it down? Then we got a shot on fourth down instead of throwing the pick. He said he didn't see the second safety coming over. This, again, this is what learning, like, this is what learning how to win looks like. And Aaron Rodgers in 2008, with much more veteran wide receivers and players around him, including Tausch playing right tackle, you know, he at least had some guys who knew what they were doing. So when it came to the timing of that offense, he had a little bit better idea of where guys were going to be. You could see times in the game where Love is expecting a guy to be one place. He's not there, and now he has to adjust, come off that read to someone else, and then that's when the trouble starts. Jason, can we say that the Packers are the worst team in the NFC Central right now? Well, we can't because the NFC Central doesn't exist anymore, Mark, because you're showing your age. How about the North? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they're worse than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of 1977 (laughs) or whatever. Um, No, no, look, I I mean – the Bears, I understand. The Bears beat the Raiders. The Raiders were playing with their backup quarterback. I know Jimmy Garoppolo's no great shakes. But, yeah, the Raiders are terrible. The Packers have now lost two straight games to terrible teams. Uh, again, the season is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And right now, I've never run a marathon. Oh, the longest I've gone was a 10K. But I'm guessing that they're feeling some pain right about now, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably an uphill portion of the course. Right, mile they, seven. They, they, <laughs> Yeah, and they need to – great, Doreen, exactly. And they need to kind of catch a second wind at some point. Yeah. And who, who is going to give them that? Who is going to provide that? And, and, you know, I understand it's Lafleur's job as a head coach, but, again, they, they need – this is why I am such a proponent of having a blend of veteran players and young players. The NFL is a young man's game. I don't dispute that. 
But if you listen to Tausch and Brian Bulaga, who's on with us once a week, like they, they talk about how valuable it was to have, just for them as offensive linemen, to have veteran offensive linemen when they were young to show them the ropes. Yes, you have coaches, but veterans, veteran players who are playing the position that you are at the same time just have so much more of a wealth of knowledge. And at, at wide receiver and tight end, they chose to not have anyone like that. Like, they have three rookie tight ends and then Josiah DeGuara. Uh, in, in the wide receiver room, it is three rookies and three second-year guys. That's it. Like, there's no guy that's played five or six years in the league that you can go, hey, I've got this route here. What would you do here? Like, what's the best way to run this so I'm in the right spot at the right time? Like, there's none of that. And that falls on the general manager. That doesn't fall on the coach. The general manager decided he wanted to take this team and on the offensive side of the ball, have them all grow together. First-year starter at quarterback, young pass catchers. Well, if you want that to happen, and maybe it'll work out in 24 and 25, then when they're still learning and growing together, there's going to be nights that you're like, God, my team sucks. And that's exactly what's happening. Jason, Kareem Jackson, is there a place for a guy like that in the NFL? Why doesn't that guy get just yeah, kicked out of the league? Good question. Yeah, that was a t- – I mean, I, like – is is he unfamiliar? Like he's been fined ninety thousand dollars. He's got even more coming, but that hit on Luke Musgrave. And by the way, I can't believe Luke Musgrave got up, get a concussion from yeah. that, but then left the game with an ankle injury. That's the Packers' luck. A guy actually manages to absorb that wicked of a hit, and then he still ends up missing time, even though he didn't get a concussion out of it. Yeah. Unreal. But look, I. I understand. I grew up in the era where I had a VHS tape that was, you know, the NFL's hardest hits and everything else. That is not this league. And so if when there are guys now that are headhunting like that, they are they stick out so much and I don't understand like I understand these guys make a ton of money, but ninety thousand dollars with more coming in fines, like isn't it just easier to play by the rules and oh by the way, yeah. not try to injure like I understand you know, you're competitive, whatever else. But this league, these guys, you know, some people complain about it, but it's more of a brotherhood now, like the NBA, too. Like, they look out for each other. There's exceptions. But Green Jackson, man, what are you, I know. What are you doing, man? I was, I was yeah. just absolutely amazed that he was able, Musgrave was able to get up from that. and Unbelievable. Yeah. It was. It was unbelievable. And hopefully uh, the league comes down hard on that guy. because I, so. I don't think there's a place in the league for a guy like that repeat offender like it's it, it like i can see there's instances where like and and i know musgrave was kind of in an awkward position but there's instances where maybe the guy's falling down and and as you go to tackle him you think you're going to hit him in the in the midsection and he's falling in a way that by the time you actually hit him he's lower and you end up hitting him in the helmet i'm that was not what happened no yesterday. that not guy at all. came in head hunting and he got what he wanted and got ejected yeah all right, Chase, thank you. We'll listen. We'll read your stuff. We always do. Thanks for the insight. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. Jason Wildey is our green and gold insider. Co-host of Wildey and Tausch on ESPN here in Milwaukee. Three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year. And brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. Also brought to you by DJ's Transmissions with over 45 years of serving Milwaukee and one of the best warranties on complete transmission repair. DJ's Transmissions. Visit them, djstransmissions.com.